Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. Hi, I'm Joel. I'm Dave. And I'm Austin. <laughs> I feel like Ozzy's batteries are running lower and lower every time you do an impression of them. I'm Alex. I'm Dave. And I'm Austin. And the honeymoon phase is over as we reach the sopping climax of our rom-com month. <laughs> this week, we're putting the 2004 rom-com 50 First Dates on trial. Is it unforgettable or is it truly unmemorable? Essentially, we're going to find out if it will be placed on our esteemed hit list or our steaming shit list. Now, before we go on, our last film on trial was Sleepless in Seattle, which Joel judged, and he deemed that it should be placed on the hit list for some bizarre reason. Uh, he's, he's not here, but he has gone away and watched it. And did he make the right call? We yes, he did. Yes, he, he did. I'm, he I'm, guessing, us, but it, I'm guessing he watched it and realized that Meg Ryan wasn't some sort of like insane killer, as you were making her out to be. And realize, you know, realized that he basically you'd lied to him again, and that he I was. Uh, I, I didn't was, lie right. to him. I just didn't tell him all the, all the truth. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't think Meg Ryan was a deranged killer. I just don't think she was a normal person. <laughs> I, I, I think she was. She wasn't. No, she was. She was unhinged, but it was played for laughs. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, we'll have to yeah. agree to disagree on this one. <laughs> Um, I, I, uh, I did watch some of it back again just to see if, if I was being a bit too harsh. And I don't think I was harsh enough. So, what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, moving on. But the thing is, is, Joel's not here, is he? So he can't even tell us. And maybe the reason that he's not here is because he found it so difficult to watch Sleepless in Seattle. Maybe he thought it was such a bad film that he hasn't been able to recover since. Uh, so on to the trial. Uh, all of the roles have been picked out as the hats at random, so acting in defense and trying to get this film placed on the hit list will be Alex and Ozzy. Alex is just like Adam Sandler's character, Billy Madison, from Billy Madison. He spends a lot of his time either in school or completely smashed, but never <laughs> both at the same time. No, never. Thank you. Thanks for making that clear. <laughs> uh, and Ozzy is just like Adam Sandler's character, Zohan, from the film You Don't Mess With the Zohan. He's flamboyant and very likable. And although we don't really know what he does over on the eastern side of the world, we do know that there are a few people out there who want to kill him. <laughs> and, and acting as prosecution and trying to get this film placed on the shit list will be Dave. Now, Dave is just like Adam Sandler's character, Longfellow Deeds from Mr. Deeds. He's very generous, but he's got a really messed up foot. <laughs> um, now... Just like real court advocates, the defense and prosecution will be making the best case for their roles. These may or may not be their real opinions, though, so do stay tuned until the end of the episode to hear their genuine thoughts. Which means this week, I will be playing the most important role as I'll be playing the judge. And I have to decide which list this film should be placed on hit or shit based solely on the arguments put to me and not using my own opinion. And I'm just like Adam Sandler's character, Bobby Boucher from The Waterboy. I really like wrestling, and I have a child's brain inside a man's body. <laughs> I say man's body. I know, I know. <laughs> like a, I have a child's a brain child. inside the body of a shaved Great Dane. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get started, I think we should give the audience a bit of a better understanding as to what this film is all about. So let us spin the Wheel of Impressions. Oh, and it has landed on me. So Ooh. how would we like me to read the synopsis in this dialogue? Basically, we read it in, out in the style of one of the cast or characters from the film. So... Hawaii? Hawaii. Yeah, it's tricky, that. But, How's you know, your Hawaiian accent? How's your Hawaiian accent? <laughs> I was hoping for just general Adam Sandler. Yeah, all right, and Adam yeah, Sandler. Yeah, well, just get really angry, Adam Sandler. <laughs> Yeah, he's great in this, by the way, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, do that. 
Adam Sandler said, Adam Sandler's, he's, he's either really angry. That's the one. And get louder towards the end. Yeah. Um, oh, he's really stupid. <laughs> um, God, he is good, isn't he? Look at us laughing now. <laughs> <laughs> the range that that man has. Okay, right. I know. Even an impression makes us laugh. God, what a genius. Henry Roth is a man afraid of commitment until he meets the beautiful Lucy. Then they hit it off, <laughs> and Henry thinks he's found the girl of his dreams until he discovers she has a short-term memory loss and forgets him the next day. That was <laughs> pretty good. Truly incredible. That's possibly my favorite impression we've ever done on the show. That was well done. Round, Stop like, trying to butter me up. <laughs> Honestly, it was it was uh, it was it was very good. Well done. Thanks, man. Thanks. Uh, so, fifty first dates. I went to go see this at the cinema when it came out, and I remember it being all right. But just like Drew Barrymore, I might have memory problems. So, Alex, <laughs> we've already reviewed four weddings and a funeral. And Sleepless in Seattle. Would you mm. say that now we've reached the zenith of rom-coms? <laughs> this is what those films led towards, I would say. Do you know what okay, I mean? It was yeah. all it was all building blocks. And then we got in 2004, we got, you know, and it's, I don't, I'd, I'd, I'd argue it's never been bettered. We got 50 First Dates with Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But I, I mean, I'm pumped already. So Good. can you tell me why this film should be placed on the hit list? Well, it's just totally unique in its premise. And this is what makes the film. Uh, just to go through a little bit, I'll just go over a little bit more what happens in the film. Um, Adam Sandler, because it is him, I could call him by his character, but it's basically, you'll know him as Adam Sandler when you watch the film. He's a vet who works with uh, sea life creatures and he has ambitions to study walrus in Antarctica. He doesn't want commitment. He's living on Hawaii. So what do you do in 2004 when you're a guy and you don't want commitment? He tells women monstrous, gratuitous lies. He's basically a pathological liar. Uh, and he just says all this nonsense to them, gives them all these, like, you know, bullshit stories about how he's like a spy and he can't be with them. Women basically use him. They go to Hawaii, use him for like a holiday fling. He's very happy to be used. Everyone's happy and off they go. Until he meets Drew Barrymore for, again, it is her, and falls head over heels <laughs> in love. Uh, both are excited, both are very, you know, it's instant connection between them. And they, you know, they meet over breakfast and they decide to meet again a little bit later, you know, the next day, sorry. Uh, he's very excited, but, uh-oh, next day, he walks in and she acts like she doesn't know him. What's going on here? Well, turns out, slightly less funny, uh, she was in a car accident. Um, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it is the, it the car, well, the car accident, it does involve a cow, which, you know, it's a funny creature and, you know, it's, it, it's, it adds a little bit of comedy to what otherwise would be obviously quite a depressing scene. And, uh, uh, and she that's was my favorite part about uh, <laughs> no country for old men. <laughs> yeah, right. It's hilarious. Uh, she was in a car accident. Um, so what's basically happened, you know, it's, it's as ridiculous as it sounds. It's not trying to be a sensible film. This is an Adam Sandler film. But uh, she's still got a long-term memory, so she still remembers exactly who she was up until the day that the crash happened. But she's lost a short-term memory, so she can't remember anything that's happened past that accident basically so she remembers herself on exactly what she was doing that day she was with her dad it was her dad's birthday she was going to go out for breakfast and you know spend the day with the father but she can't remember anything she she can function during the day she has a short-term memory but when she goes to sleep her short-term memory is wiped so she can't make new memories basically so she's forever stuck as the person she was when she had the car crash it, it's ridiculous and absurd but it basically sets up for this unique premise which is what i was saying about 50 first dates which is basically it's about two people fall in love even though one person cannot remember the day that you know that they fall in love and can completely com um, stops forgetting the person it just sets yourself up for a very rich comedy vein for for adam sandler to exploit where, you know, he doesn't know her and then he try, you know, and then he tries to basically get to know her because he's fallen for her. It's different from what he's felt before. And he starts to fall back on his old ways of going on, which was, you know, gratuitous pathological lying. So he starts to use that to try and, you know, get closer to her, get to know her a little bit until his until her family sort of goes, what are you doing? Keeps him away. Um, but then they start to realize that actually she's having, she's in a better frame of mind after she's met. So she, she has better days. She's in a happier mood when she's met Adam Sandler. So there's a connection between them. So the family bring Adam Sandler in 
and he begins to develop methods because at the moment the family are just trying to the dad and brother are recreating the same day because obviously if she wakes up and it's not the same day she's not going to understand what's happened she's going to become very upset so they recreate the same day it's the dad's birthday so they have a dad's birthday cake blow it out and then when she goes to sleep they redo the whole day get everything back get a newspaper from that day and redo the whole day but adam sandler sort of comes in and realizes this isn't possible and starts to want to help her and to help her to cope with with life so he develops methods including the videotape to help her you know to to, to manage basically she begins to experience life more fully and the relationship grows with adam sandler they have love they have kiss they have the first time they sleep together and um but then she sort of feels that they can't go on anymore it's not fair breaks up this is you know the, just just before the end of the final act basically but adam sandler persists and right at the end it's revealed that she might not remember adam sandler in her memory but she remembers adam sandler in her heart and she dreams about him she always remembers him she does all of it she's an artist so she does she's he walks into a room and it's just a room full of all of these pictures of him and so they realize that they can actually have a life together. And at the end, they go off into the sunset. She he's developed the methods to help her remember. They're married and they and they have a child. So yeah, rom com, emphasis on com. Okay, thank you very much for that. Very detailed I'm just analysis. Say, considering you're meant to be on my side here, Alex. Yeah. A real it's a real odd tone in your voice throughout the uh... <laughs> was there <laughs> any in particular any moments in particular <laughs> maybe like 90 percent of your statement <laughs> i'm not sure if he believes what he's saying here. Oh, oh, hey i can just sit this trial out and let the, uh, <laughs> let the defense tear themselves apart <laughs> Um, so, so Dave, as the yes, prosecution, <laughs> Alex touched upon something before mm. where he said that Drew Barrymore doesn't remember Adam Sandler with her memory, but with mm -hmm. her heart. Do you yeah. think that's Adam Sandler's problem all around? I think that's Adam Sandler's. I don't know why. I think that's Adam Sandler's strength. I think that's how he's lasted so long in the in the film industry that we don't actually remember him. We just got like a warm feeling that we're not sure why it's there. <laughs> and you, yeah, yeah, you watch his. You watch his old films, you're still not sure why it's there. But. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you have like nostalgia for something that you can't really remember, but then if somebody sat you down and told you about it, it would be quite traumatic. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's quite an upsetting video to have to sit down and watch. <laughs> so, so, Dave, why is this a shit list film? Right, this film is problematic i think was the word i kept coming back to there are a lot of issues with this film from start to finish um this when this in adam sandler's career this comes along at his kind of maturing phase you know he had his like oddball comedies when he was younger where he just basically every punchline was either a boner or a or a sex joke or something um and he kind of matured as he went on his comedy got a little bit more sophisticated but this comes at that transition period so he's kind of between things so he's he's kind of stuck uh, there's still the gross out humor the immature humor that he is known for but in in kind of a manner that he, he's trying to mature but therefore you got, you're not getting the best of both worlds you're kind of left in a bit of a mire with him because you've not got the humor which made him so popular you've got and you're not quite at the new level where he's he's trying to get to you know where he, where he achieved a new level of comedy in his older years so you're kind of stuck in the middle with 51st dates it's an unfortunate place to be and the big problem that you've got with this film in particular is as alex said it's a unique premise you know and it's true you don't see many films like this uh possibly i think there's a reason it's it's a questionable premise for a film you've got Drew Barrymore's character, Lucy, who forgets Adam Sandler every day. And he's trying to strike up a romantic relationship with her. You know, like Alex said, you know, her family at first, like, uh, get away from her, you know. Any any guy who's already, you know, um, I think her father says to him at one point, you know, um, she will forget you the morning after. And any guy that's all right with that isn't all right with me. And he's got a very good point there, you know. <laughs> there is a real question um, over this, his most for this relationship especially because at the start of the film we see him basically using women he's not a nice character he's a philanderer he's an habitual liar he's he's an unpleasant man to be honest with you and that's why you can't really get in his corner particularly when he's doing something so questionable i think if he'd been a likable guy 
and you could uh, appreciate his character and thought, oh, this guy's got a good heart. He's trying to do right by her. Then maybe you could get and get in their corner and support the romance. But you're in the same boat as his fa- as her family are at the start, where you really are questioning his motives and really are questioning whether you want this to proceed or not. And probably thinking, no, it's probably best for all concerned if this just got shot down. That's a weird way to to set a rom com. It's a real issue, really, when you think about it and when you go into the details of it. There are other problems with the cast, which we will go into later. I am quite sure. Um, Really? I, I, I mean, I, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Dude. Oh, really? No, no, not a clue. Not a clue. Oh, well, this is I was happy come... to just. I thought we just talked about how great. I'm surprised you brought it up, Dave. Thunderbolt. I'm surprised. Thunderbolt when I dropped this podcast. Surprised you brought up cast, Dave. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There is something can, can I, I want to talk ask about. A question about about cast. We'll, we'll obviously come mm-hmm. to it in more detail later on, but I I, I actually mm-hmm. can't remember. But a is Rob Schneider in this? And B, yes. is he playing a different ethnicity? This is exactly what I wanted to bring up. I mean, shall I just talk about it now? Now you've mentioned no, it. No, now no, you're no, aware. please. Save something for later on, Dave. Okay, I'll, I'll keep that one in the back pocket for later. We will talk about Ula later on. Um, yeah, I, and I disagree with some of what Alex was saying. I think this film does take it too seriously at points. The point where she loses her memory. Very dramatic music, slow-mo as he's swerving around the cow. It's like, no, that, at that point, they were trying to make it quite serious. Um which this is not a film to make serious. I don't find cows funny creatures. I find them sinister, quite frankly. <laughs> and, and this film did not dissuade me from that. Uh, the depiction do, of do you, think, do you think the cow deliberately, did it on purpose, yeah. deliberately? Escaped cow. <laughs> I mean, it was cow. right by the tree, wasn't it? So it would make sense that it was... When have you yeah. ever seen a cow do something by accident? Escaped. You know, and it is no, looking at I, the screen, isn't so. it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he knows. He knows. The depiction of amnesia is also questionable. You know, it's it's she's got anterior grade amnesia. There's a slight similarity to Goldfield syndrome, but they have kind of gone uh, down their own path with the depiction of amnesia, particularly when they get to this uh, memory clinic on the island, which is uh, operated by Dan Aykroyd's doctor. Some of the patients there, they're kind of treated quite cruelly. You know, the, the idea of them having amnesia is the punchline. You know, they don't say funny things. The fact that they forget things and they have they have amnesia that's the funny bit about them and this is the problem i have with the film people are put in there because the idea of them is funny to sandler not because they have funny lines you know um lucy's brother played by uh sean astin he doesn't get that he's got a couple of good lines a couple of funny lines but mostly the humor from the character seems to come because he's got a speech impediment he has a lisp and it's like that's funny enough um and uh, there's an, uh, one of adam sandler's assistants at the aquarium the punchline is she's quite androgynous looking. Let's have a laugh about that, you know. And the people themselves uh, are the punchline, and in quite a cruel way. It is that immature side of Sandler, which is why I talked about that at the start. The immature side of his humor, which could at times be quite cruel, that I think came to the forefront. It, this was his transition period. You know, he's done some decent comedy since, but this was kind of where he didn't know where he stood. You don't get the best of either world with this one, unfortunately. And that's why. Uh, I think this film's an, ap- an epic failure. Okay, thank you very much, Dave. So, essentially... Don't, don't let him get away with that, Ozzy, come on. Right. <laughs> if, no, if, I, I refuse to let him go, get okay. away with that, and I think I think it being a transition period for him is one of its real strengths, to be absolutely honest with you, in that it helped bring people along at the same time. You've got to put yourself back into the uh, the time period for this, you know, as well. Think about where you were as a person in 2004. Wait, and, let, me, and, let me put my killer soundtrack on. Exactly. <laughs> you you've just you you're on you maybe you're on a first date and you've gone to watch this and you're in that growth period yourself. You know, it's the same that people who were in that, <laughs> that Aussie, age group. Aussie, like not everybody was the exact same age when they watched this film. <laughs> no, I know that, but the people who it's aimed at, you've got to think about where this is actually okay, aimed. Okay. You know, it's a it is a rom com, so it's meant for, you know, essentially adolescents, young adults finding their way in the world and w- wanting to be taught what love is, you know, or, or this idealistic version of love. And, and there's no, there's no denying that the love within this film is a very idealistic um, way of looking at it. And, and I, I won't deny that there are some, you know, questions of morality about constantly trying to, uh, to go out with a, with, with a woman who, who doesn't remember you the next day and, and then deciding actually, you know what the easiest thing is we just show her a film um you know if you forget that side of it the the actual story the actual sort of meaning of what's happening there is love that's you know these people the 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 brother the father 
and Ad, and and Adam Sandler, and I can't even remember what his name. Henry Ross. It is Adam Sandler. It's, <laughs> it's it's very difficult not to uh, to think him of as that. But the point is that they put their lives on hold in order to enrich this lady's life. You know, they they love her, so they do this every day. So you know, so you can you might find some uh, some issue with the fact that like her brother and her dad lie to her every single day for you know for the entire year to keep this going but actually they go through this they they don't move on with their lives because they love her you know and they don't want to upset her and they don't know any better and it's sort of like that's a that's a version of love and then and then adam sandler comes in and he sees this and he's like oh there's got to be a better way you know maybe it's for selfish reasons but either way he comes in and he introduces this new way of thinking and he, he makes it happy and she sees she sees Adam Sandler in her dreams. He literally is the man of her dreams because she's so happy when she's been with him all of those days for all of that period of time. And it's, you know, it's soppy, it's sad, it's, but it's, and, and beautiful at the same time. You know, it captures that in, in essentially an immature film. There's a whole host of the comedy that, that Alex was talking about, you know, and what Dave's saying as well is that, yes, it is a bit childish and immature, but there's actually this sentiment in there, which I think, kind of like yeah you know if you're watching it now it is a little immature on you and you can be a bit cynical about it but when you if you if you forget about the morality around a, a woman who can't actually make a decision for herself you know then then actually it's um it's really quite sweet there are there are, there are a few jokes that, that do not land and i have no place in 2021 but overall i think it's the movie's in the right, it's got the right heart behind it. And it has a quite a, quite, quite, a, you know, a nice, soppy, sensible, uh, not sensible, like sensitive feeling to it, you know, and and in the end, everybody ends up sort of happily ever after on the boat. And and again, at that time period, probably what you, what you wanted. You know, if you've gone on a first date, you want to leave there feeling happy and, and and pleasant and everything works out really well and i loved up with a let's yeah. go back to my place and look at the dolphins right thank you very much ozzy no um, you've missed <laughs> 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 i've got a, i've got a seaside themed toilet <laughs> <laughs> um, now so okay he essentially plays a serial shagger who uses women and forgets about them the next day. Now he's in a situation where he likes a woman who really forgets who he is the next day. You couldn't write it, Alex, but somebody did. Uh, now, <laughs> the, the romance aspect. So when we think about Adam Stanley, we often automatically think about comedy, but he has actually appeared in his fair few rom-coms. Some of them have been pretty popular, to be honest. Uh, Punch Drunk Love, The Wedding Singer. What English. about this film? Where does this sit? Is it particularly romantic? How, how, how On the scale of Adam Sandler rom-coms, where would you put it? Uh, I'd put it very high for Adam Sandler rom-coms. I mean, it's Drew Barrymore that makes it as well. Like Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler, you know, I think they've been in a couple together, haven't they? This isn't their only one. Uh, just go with it, I want to say, maybe? Or I don't no, know. they did Blended and Blended yeah. and Wedding Singer. Yeah, yeah. So, They've got, the, you know, they've got a kind of a history, a bit like, you know, Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks. Do you know what I mean? They've got that, a similar sort of thing. So you're already, when you're watching the film, you sort of, <laughs> well, when you're watching the film, you're sort of like, oh yeah, they go together well. Do you know what I mean? They're just two stars that go together well. They just do. And yeah, this is, and it makes for good screen time as well when they're on. You know, the, there is there is the chemistry between the characters. They do sort of, you know, play off each other, especially in the comic scenes and stuff like that. So I'd say the romance is good. Um, and that is mainly because Drew Barrymore is a very solid actress. She sort of plays it, you know, she can do the funny stuff, but obviously Adam Sandler's more of a comedian. And Drew Barrymore can still do the funny stuff, but makes it maybe brings a little bit more of the actual sort of like, you know, pathos. And so they sort of balance each other out quite nicely, just as actors. And that definitely comes through in the film. It's quite a balanced on the romance. And I just say, you know, because, uh, you know, th there are problems, you know, when you think about it, it is problematic, just like Dave was saying, it is. Uh, I just say that probably people who are watching Adam Sandler films are not very serious people. And I think if you watch it just in a very, ah, oh, this is just, you know, if you just go with like, oh, it's just a premise and they've got to get to the premise somehow. So she has to have 
you know, brain damage, which does sound very, you know, severe. Uh, but she does have to have just be losing the memory. You know what I mean? That's what they wanted. They wanted to make a film where someone has lost the memory and da 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 And yeah, you have to go through a few things and they don't shy away from it. You know, they look at people who, other people who've lost their memory and stuff like that. Um, but it's not a serious look at it. And it's obviously, you know, Dave was talking about, well, it's not like the syndrome. Is it gold? Fingers syndrome. I can't remember. Goldfields. Uh, <laughs> Goldfields. <laughs> Goldfields syndrome. <laughs> it's not a serious look. It's obviously it's not going to be like that. Obviously, <laughs> you don't <laughs> you don't wake up, and and that's you know that's just not how brains work. It, you know, so it's absurd. So it's not it's not problematic in a sense because part of you just goes, well, this is nonsense. Do you know what I mean? And it's an Adam Sandler film, so you're not that bothered that it is nonsense. Mm -hmm. So that's what that's where you can like get out from the film because you're like well this isn't real this is just a, a premise and they're going with it and it's to make laughs and stuff like that so so i'd say the romance is good and it, it, even though you, there are like bits where you're like ah, no this is a bit you know it, it sort of rolls over it because it's not a serious look at any of these it's, if it was seriously looking at memory loss then yeah it's nonsense but it's an adam sandler film that's using memory loss to create comedic moments and have a nice romance and that's that's what it's going for okay thank you I'll keep that in mind as well. Next time I do go jaundice, I'm going to say to people that I've got Goldfinger syndrome. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Goldfinger> syndrome. <laughs> just, just sticking with the defense as well, if you don't mind, Dave. Ozzy, so I joked before at the beginning saying that I compared it to Four Weddings and Sleepless in Seattle, but I know that obviously this isn't going to be at the same level and you can have rom-coms that aren't, they don't have to be like when Harry met Sally, they can be like the proposal, which both I and Alex liked. Is it similar to the proposal? Does it follow the same tropes? Is it that sort of standard cut and paste rom-com or is it more original? If so, what originality does it have? I think if anything, it's just more, it's just more funny, right? You know, in terms of there's more comedy set pieces as opposed to it being, there's nothing particularly, um, it's not bringing anything particularly new to the table in terms of uh, the romance. You know, it's a very, it's almost a standard that you summed it up before is it's a uh, guy go, meets women not, who are on holiday, forgets about them the next day. Guy goes to a different part of the town, meets woman. She forgets about him the next day. You know, that it, it is exactly how you described it. And he doesn't, but he, you know, she's changed his world. Love at first sight for him, essentially. Not quite love at first sight for her, but she falls in love with him every day. Love at first That's sight over nice and over things. again, surely. Yes, in some ways. It's, I mean, I think actually there are some times where he totally falls flat on his face. And that's part of the, the, the comedy around it is that he really wants to, to be in love with her and for him to, her to fall in love with him. But, uh, you know, and it goes about, it, it doesn't, doesn't always work for him. Um, ah. Until so eventually, that, like it goes well the first time, and then yes. he has to try and recreate that. Exactly. Yes, exactly that. Yeah, and and it makes him grow as a person. You know, he grows because of this, and and sort of has to navigate. So there's a bit like she really likes the smell of his fingers. That's one thing that I know sounds weird, <laughs> but like he's he, he like works with fish, and the smell of his fingers reminds her of a brother and a dad. It like brings back memories. So it's kind of like that thing of oh, they're meant for each other because he works with fish. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, see how funny that joke is though so anyway but it's true what i just said is 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 true and so you know that's one thing that they instantly make a connection with you know the you know the, the sea and um he uses that later so a few days later He's saying to her, like, oh, you know, oh, all my fingers are smelling and would you like to smell them? And there's a guy who's on the table near, nearby and they know what he's doing. But just like looks over and does like a wanker sign at him. And I don't know, that's the film sort of saying like, yeah, no, too far. Don't use, that's using, that's unfair advantage. Do you know what I mean? Almost against us. So he's sort of like realizing, oh, no, that is dishonest about what I'm doing there. Okay, so it's it sort of knows that it needs to walk a tightrope with morals. In that it, it can be morally questionable to try and make this woman fall in love with you every day, but he doesn't use stuff to his advantage that he already knows about. So it, it, or maybe I can see you laughing now, so I can see that's totally false. <laughs> no, it's not. What I just said was true. I just was looking at okay. Dave's face, which is making me laugh. 
Okay, uh, no, D Dave, okay, so yes. tell me about the romance in this, or lack thereof. Why is this not a good romantic film? Okay, well, you asked Alex how this, how this fits in in the Adam Sandler romantic comedy uh, efforts. Pantheon. And you know what? It, sorry? Pantheon. Pantheon, <laughs> the pantheon of Adam Sandler romance. Uh, in terms of romance, I would actually say this is probably at the top end when it comes to romance. It's probably a lot more romantic than a lot of his efforts in as far as there's, there's an idea, you know, if you look at it on the surface, and I do mean purely at surface level, um, there's the idea of oh, um, falling in love with someone and having to make them fall in love with you back every single day, the efforts you must go to, you know, how much they must mean to you to go to such lengths. That is quite a romantic gesture. That's quite a sweet gesture. You know, there's something to be said about that. So there is an element of romance there that we don't normally get in Adam Sandler rom-coms. Normally they err towards the comedy side, this one, I'd say, does have, on the surface, quite a sweet level there. But I do mean it's only on the surface. It is quite superficial because the thing we keep coming back to, and I know we've mentioned it a few times, I don't want to overhash it, but this is morally questionable. You know, he does use that unfair advantage he has with things he picks up from her on previous days uh, to his advantage when it comes to, to picking her up and to, to stalking her, essentially. We were talking about Meg Ryan being a stalker last week. This is almost stalkerish behavior. You know, he knows which route she takes to the the cafe so he comes up with different ways that he might be able to persuade her to stop her car you know he fakes a kidnapping he fakes an assault and all these different random things um all to try and get her attention um and he using bits that he learns from a conversation with her he knows what what she likes what she doesn't like and he does use this to his advantage there is a real moral uh question over this and i think that does tarnish the film you know you can look past it to a point but there comes a moment where it's like no this is wrong i'm not i'm not feeling this i'm not comfortable with this um you know the um and we were talking about originality as well this is uh, a fairly original premise you know you know man tries to you know the amnesia quality trying to make her fall in love with him every day but it's not entirely original. You know, when Ozzy was talking about you get a, a redo, basically, the next day, if you, you screw it up one day, it's all right, she'll forget about it in 24 hours, you can go back and try again. That's Groundhog Day. We've seen that before in Groundhog Day. You get your redo. And it's like, oh, great, okay. I'll just, what sorry, a man. great film. What a great film to reference. And it that's is a good, good thing film, but it's it, not... It has a lot of good references to all It's not film. original. It's not original. They just kind of lifted that idea from Groundhog Day. And... Yeah, it's the, the things that are in there. No, I agree with Alex when he says they're not trying to give you an accurate depiction of memory loss or retrograde amnesia. Um, they're not trying to be scientifically accurate with that. But at the same time, I don't think they should be encouraging us to laugh about it. Not so much with Drew Car Barrymore's character. That's important to the plot, whatever story it is they're trying to tell. But the memory clinic does leave a bit of a bad taste in the mouth, particularly that 10-second Tom and characters like that that you're just laughing at because they've got a condition with their memory. You know, there's no real punchline there otherwise, apart from the circumstances and the people that are in it. You know, there's, there is no joke. It's just, aren't these people funny? Look what's happened to him. Look, he'll forget about me and I can say anything to him and he'll forget about it in 10 seconds. We can have fun with this instead of like, it's quite a sensitive subject or it has the potential to be. You know, so I think, although it's, it's not trying to be accurate, you still shouldn't be encouraging people to laugh at certain things. And we mentioned before, you know, Adam Sandler's assistant, Ozzy said it doesn't stack up. There's some things that wouldn't make it to the screen in 2021. And I think, you know, uh, a couple of the, the, the trans jokes, right, when she goes to a, uh, the beach party with her friends, uh, there's a friend of hers that's transitioned now. And again, there's no joke there as such. It's just, isn't this hilarious? Isn't this person funny because they've, because they've transitioned? And it's like, that, that's... That's, I, I appreciate this was 16 years old, isn't it? Like 20 years old, and society has moved a, lo a long way since then, but it's still not okay. It's it wasn't okay then, really, and it's it's certainly not okay now. And it is you got to judge it. Are you judging it at the time that we're watching it now? How does this stack up today, or are we purely judging it as to how was this when it came out in 2004? And when you're ready, I'm happy to talk about Rob Schneider in that regard as well. <laughs> Well, before we get on to Rob Schneider, I want to talk a little bit more about the comedy. I know that you've just touched upon it there, Dave. But mm -hmm. All three of you have mentioned this. You, so, Dave, you said it's somewhere between boners and maturity on the span, uh, Sandler spectrum. You said yeah. that it was, some, it was sort of like moving away from his old gross-out humor and transitioning into a, a new level of comedy that he reached in his, his later years. Did Adam Sandler reach <laughs> a new level of comedy in his later years? I don't remember I, this. I 
think his characters did. I think if you look at his okay. earlier films like Billy, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, you know, you had your immature jokes, you kind of like your, your frat party jokes, high school jokes, stuff that was funny to us when we were like 18. And you've still got some of that gross out humor in here. You got, you got a walrus throwing up over someone and things like that. You got your gross out humor. You got your jokes that are, that are just silly. They're not particularly clever. Um, but the thing is, they're not as rapid fire in here as they would have been in his previous films. So those jokes don't flow as thick and as fast. Instead, he moves in some parts. They are still there, but in, in, a, in a lower number. He moves into more the kind of comedy you'd see from Blended or Just Go With It, mm -hmm. where he is just, he's more cynical. The character he's now playing is more cynical and has more of a wit to him, but it's not fully honed here. I'd say if you look at a character like he plays in Blended or Just Go With It, there's some genuinely witty one-liners in there that he's managed to sneak in without putting on a silly voice, without having something gross or, or silly happen. He just manages to deliver a funny line. Just like in and he's, Halloween? He, exactly. Mm, what, a, what a delightful film. You can see elements that he's going to bring together when he makes Jack and Jill. <laughs> and, and and you know I'm it's I not even said it better myself. It's not oven ready, but you can see the ingredients, yes, and he's going to yes. put it together, and he's going to make yeah now, yeah. Now, now, now obviously, like Jack and Jill or grown ups. Was, yeah, but that now Jack and Jill was sort of scrape of the barrel humor, maybe even yeah. like if the, you've scraped the barrel so much, you've got the ground underneath the barrel. But say what you want about Adam Sandler. No, no, do we? <laughs> <laughs> so, but he was, and arguably still is, for some reason, maybe bizarrely, a very popular comedy star. We're at 2003, 2004, you said, with 51st Dates here. I think that he's probably at the height of his fame comedy-wise. So when it comes to the comedy, Alex, does he deliver? What are some of the funnier moments in this film? Well, you know, um, moving away from, you know, what, what Ozzy and, and, and Dave were talking about with the more sort of questionable, not, not right now moments, you've just got the sort of standard sort of Adam Sandler stuff that you'd like to know. I mean, again, I wouldn't say you're going for like, when you're working at an Adam Sandler comedy, you sort of know what you're getting. You're getting that kind of like bro, sort of like, you know, people being hit over the head with a baseball bat. So there's like, Rob, at one point to, 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 to get talking to it, he gets uh, Ula, Rob Schneider. Uh, to like pretend to beat him up and then you know uh lucy drew barrymore pulls up and then instantly gets a baseball bat and starts beating the hell out of rob schneider it's it's not this isn't subtle stuff do you know what i mean this isn't like but it, it's like the, the standard adam sandler comedy and it throw you know he throws in a few moments adam sandler getting really angry and shouting and stuff like that you know his little moments you know i'd, I'd say the funniest moment for me is probably like at the end when he's saying goodbye not not just just before the end He's, Lucy's broken up with him, he's heartbroken, and then he gets on the boat and his dad gives him like a CD that will remind him of Lucy. And Lu Adam Sandler just starts crying and just starts shouting what an asshole that guy is to give me something that's going to put me in so much pain. You know, they're, they're not they're moments that Adam Sandler knows how to do. They're, they're just his bread and butter, do you know what I mean? They just, he makes these, they're, they're very much Adam Sandler's comedy, and that's what people want from an Adam Sandler thing. So, you know, and there's just lots of lots of little bits. Uh, there's uh, coming on to cast and characters. He, he does a lot. There's a lot of animal play in here. So, you know, he's got moments where walruses are high-fiving him and stuff like that. There's, uh, you know, there's bits where like Rob Schneider, you know, to segue into him, I think we've got to at some point. He does a lot of the, you know, the, the comedic bits. He's got his kids, um, you know, he's sort of like, oh, the old bull and chain. He hates his wife and he's trying to live vicariously through Adam Sandler. And he's sort of, you know, he's, he's a bit of a comic character, basically a foil where, you know, he just comes up with comes up with little one liners and stuff like that. And his, his kids have no respect for them. But, you know, they, you know, so, so it's just there's lots of little bits going all the way through it. You know, it's not subtle comedy. It's never going to like win an award for like, oh, wow, what a witty, you know, great written line that is. You know, it's a lot of, you know, poopy and, you know, people being hit over the head and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, that's just that's just what that's his comedy, isn't it? And people love it. So, you know, he's just giving them he's giving them what they want. Bread and circus, you know. OK, did you say bread and circus? <laughs> yeah. Give the people what they want, you know. Okay. Bread and circuses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could okay. live out my days happily just with bread and circus. <laughs> <laughs> What's the matter with bread and circus? Is that? I don't think I've ever heard the expression bread and circus. I don't know what the bread did before, unless you're throwing it at the elephants. Or, um. People need to eat, Gav. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
your, your, your days of circus attending are going to be limited if you don't <laughs> eat. <laughs> and Ozzy, what, what, what's your number one favourite bit? Just the funniest thing that happens in this film. What is it? Um, I, well, I think there's a few numbers, but it's actually, I like the throwbacks to, oh, like almost like Easter eggs to other Adam Sandler bits. There's a little period, there's a little bit where they're, um, they're playing golf. And um and all of the others do um Happy Gilmore swings. Oh yeah. And then um so it's just kind of funny. And then he goes to hit it just normally and it goes flying off in a different direction. Um but everybody else does all the all the kids do Happy Gilmore swings and, and smash it. So it's just little there's little bits like that where you think oh, that that's quite clever that you didn't clearly they didn't like ham it up or anything. Obviously it's it's quite a long scene, but there was no uh, there was no like Throwback to that, but there's quite a few bits where you can see little east, little uh, you know, little, little Easter eggs for other people's um, times, and I think you get that a lot in Adam Sandler films and Peter Segal films. You know, they're all is that how you say his name, Segal? Even Segal, even Segal's uh, Peter Segal, <laughs> funnier, funnier cousin. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, so okay, so we've, we've spoken about humor, and uh, several times when I've mentioned about funny aspects of this film characters or actors have come up. So I joked about it earlier, but Adam Sandler is is known for having a broad range when it comes to his characters. Um, so he's, he's either very sort of stupid or very sort of angry. <laughs> so is, is there something different here, uh, um, Alex? No, he's angry, Adam Sandler. Do, do people want a nuanced, different performance from Adam Sandler? He's just Adam Sandler. And that's what, it's, you, you know, you're not eating steak. You go into McDonald's and getting what you want when you watch. But, you know, so that's if he was doing... a bad thing as well. Yeah, and, you know... I like Will Ferrell films, and I think he plays yeah, a lot of the same characters. He does. And, you know, I think Adam Sandler understands probably quite well that you know he's not gonna he's not he's not gonna hit those levels of doing some sort of sort of nuanced character i think he knows what he's doing and i think he's quite comfortable so uh so now i think i think he, he he plays it he plays it clever and he just plays adam sandler uh there's always there's always enough difference and it's mainly just his situation so you know you don't, you don't really see him as you know he's never been like you know a sea life vet before so you know it's more like you it's more the differences and his portrayal of a character it's more just the actual context that you find the character and it's different to like big daddy because he's you know it's it, and to be i'd say the the character of big daddy and this character here is essentially the exactly same is the exact same character it's just it's in hawaii and you know and and the whole plot, plot makes it different but i don't think I, th I think he's savvy enough to know that people wouldn't want it if he, if he was doing like a completely different thing from adam sandler no, it's an Adam Sandler movie. It's a vehicle for him and his comedy. And everything really added on to that is just the extra bits. Drew Barrymore's an extra good bit. The premise of the whole, you know, memory loss is an added bit. But really, the essence of the film is Adam Sandler doing comedy and, and, and you know, getting himself into these scrapes and, and making up these comedy set pieces and stuff like that, of which there are just like every single, you know, it's every scene, every every scene. This is, you know every other scene is 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 some sort of comedic element to it. You know, so um, so yeah, that, that's what I'd say on that. And the, I suppose, uh, um, what what is the chemistry like between Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore? So they have, they've had great success with the Wedding Singer, and they've worked together since with Blended. Do they make a good or believable couple in this? It's fresh every scene. You know, it's almost like they've only just met. <laughs> I think they do seem genuine. I think they genuinely like each other as people, and I think that plays off on the on the screen. I think they actually get along and make each other laugh. You know, it just seems like it seems sincere. So either they're they're both incredible actors, or they do genuinely like each other. Because um, yeah, for me for me it seemed like they were there's a lot of genuine smiles and a lot of sincerity. Okay, thank you very much, Ozzy and Alex. Dave, tell me about Rob Schneider. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, hang on. I feel like Dave's just like picking up a big load of notes. <laughs> Moving over, licking his. <laughs> Start on page one. Okay. Um, right. Yeah. We have a massive problem. Probably one of the film's biggest problems. And this is remembering all the things they've been cracking jokes about and the, the basic premise, which is morally questionable. 
Huge problem with the film uh, is Rob Schneider's character of Ula. Not so much the character himself, but the fact that Rob Schneider is portraying him. Ula is a native Hawaiian, so he's he's Polynesian. And as we know, Rob Schneider is not. In 2004, you know, this sort of thing happened a bit more. I know we're only going back 16 years, but I, I said it before. It's remarkable how, how quickly think times have changed. You know, it wasn't appropriate to have done it then. But yet people did it, you know, and it there wasn't it wasn't frowned upon in the same way. People seem to be able to get away with it. And there's no malice here. You know, I'm not going to I'm not going to go too deep on this one. They didn't mean any harm by it, but it is so insensitive. It is it is such a regrettable decision looking back to have cast a white actor such as Rob Schneider as a Polynesian, as a native Hawaiian. And his portrayal is like I say, the fact that he's portraying him is, is the biggest problem. But. The portrayal itself is flawed. You know, Ula is portrayed as a, a stoner character, you know, a layabout, uh, none too bright, just kind of a, just a foil uh, for Adam Sandler, who is the smarter and more witty of the two. Um, you know, Rob Schneider is not a subtle man, and this performance is not particularly subtle, and he's not particularly good at it either. I don't know what would be worse, you know, if he actually had got the accent right, but he doesn't. The accent, uh, it comes across as kind of a hybrid between Mexican and Scandinavian. It is not Hawaiian anyway. This man has not seen a dialect coach. So he's not even attempted to try and, and try and bring some sort he's of... He's saying Rob Schneider didn't do his homework on the, on the Polynesian He did culture. not do his homework on this. Not one bit. Not one bit. The performance from Rob Schneider is drab. You know, he's just going through the motions. The accent is terrible. And the fact that he was cast in that role um, was a serious mistake. Um, it, it was a moment of ignorance. And like I say, no malice, I'm sure, was intended on either the part of Rob Schneider or Adam Sandler. It was, you know, just very regrettable. Um, but again, it, the question is, do you judge it based on today's standards or do you judge it on the standards of 2004? Because in 2004, this was okay. Probably raised a few eyebrows. Uh, probably a lot of people disapproved, but it wasn't frowned upon. You wouldn't have been torn to shreds in the same way as you would be today. So. That's kind of your call, but those are the facts. I'm afraid. I mean, imagine doing that in like 2004, and then being so fucking ignorant to still do it in 2015 when he was in the Ridiculous Six playing a Mexican character. Oh, good lord! I forget. <laughs> I haven't seen the Ridiculous Six. I was kind of hoping this was just a a, a misstep, but no, no, clearly no, not. it's not a misstep. Uh, so Rob Schneider's uh, hilarious thing is that he appears in different Adam Sandler films as a different race and or ethnicity. I mm. think it was in, and I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, where he plays an Asian character. Oh, he does. I've seen that clip. <laughs> I've not I've not seen it, but I've seen the clip. Um, yeah. yeah, regrettable oh, decisions all around. And this is just as regrettable as the first, just as regrettable as the last. Okay, right. Thank you very much. There anything else anybody wants to add about characters, about the overall film, about direction? Do you not? I like just, just to, just to, just to say. Do you not want to see Rob Schneider's take on Polynesian culture? <laughs> like, it's an, it's an interpretation, and I'm just saying. I'm, I'm, I'm asking the question. I'm just saying. If you do, uh, I'd also say, like, thankfully to the film, it does cast some native Hawaiians in the film. That it doesn't. Dave's right. Jesus Christ, you know, there's no getting around it. Uh, you just, it wouldn't happen now. But. That does at least at least there's that to sort of counter. You do know that Rob Schneider's a ridiculous take on it. You're not actually thinking that it's a it's meant to be like just as just as the jokes are against it. You know what I mean? So far beyond that, it's clearly yeah yeah. It's it's absurd take so on it. It's a bit like um... it's not a take on Hawaiians either. It's just a ta it's just this yeah character the character. It's just meant it, it just I guess in the in the head of Mm. writer director whoever at that time you know adam sandler and and uh and rob schneider that seemed to be the right thing to do and it definitely wasn't no so uh, it's a bit like Just... two girls one cup in that you know it's it's horrible and wrong but if somebody puts it on you can't not look lots, away from it yeah lots lots of people watched it Lots of people watch it <laughs> and it will and continue to watch it. Uh, I, I just one last thing. Um, I mentioned it before, but I'd just like to say support and cast. Uh, I'd like to say the walrus, the walruses in this are absolutely fantastic. Like I would say, I don't know if Dave would concede this, the best walruses I've seen in a film ever. Um, 
I like I and like genuinely very good actor, like actually portrays some emotions. And I would say sometimes isn't just the best animal in any film. I would say is the best act is sometimes <laughs> is is the, one of the better actors mm. in Fifty First Dates, it, like com- including Rob Schneider. I would definitely say. I will concede that point. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. I, I think I'm gonna um, put the lid on the coffin here. <laughs> let me. Let, well, let me just add one final thing. I don't think it will sway you at all. However, as as absurd a uh, film, you know, in the premises that part of it, the illness is. Um, the the suggested cure has actually been used uh, for dementia patients, and uh, and anecdotally, um, it, it shows some improvement in certain types of dementia. So I don't think it's a scientific study. I think it's purely. Uh, it could well have just been some people reviewing the, the film suggesting that it works. Yeah, oh, yeah. so, so some good in the world has come from Fifty First Dates, is what you're telling yeah. me. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, it's, okay. You know, right. Don't don't just shit all over it because of some poor decisions in terms of uh. Casting. Yeah, casting or the wardrobe department or the script. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. I, I, I need some time to go over all these notes. Um, all three notes. Uh, Dave, have you got a quiz for me, please? I do. I do have a quiz. Um, I started out writing this quiz thinking about first dates. Um and I've found out there's actually not that many first dates, if I'm going to stay true to myself in films. So it's a split quiz. We've got five questions on uh, first dates in films, and we've got five questions on Hawaii, because I don't think we've covered Hawaii as a film setting before. Um, and you guys should count yourselves lucky, because otherwise you were going to get 50 questions about first dates. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> okay, so question one, just buzz in, casual quiz. Uh, what city, uh, which city is the location of the feature-length date between Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy in Before Sunrise? Aloha. Yes, uh, Alex. Vienna. It is Vienna. That is a point to Alex. I'll make a, I'll make a note of these. It's a point to Alex. It is Vienna. Question number two. Scott Pilgrim's first date with Ramona in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World doesn't go quite to plan when he has to battle the second of her exes, Lucas Lee. Which MCU actor plays Aloha. Lucas Lee? Alex again. Chris Evans. It is Chris Evans. That is two points to Alex. Okay, the first book written by Stephen King was also the first of his books to be adapted into a film and features quite possibly the worst first date of all time <laughs> at the high school prom. What <laughs> film am I talking about? Aloha. Alex again. Carrie. It is Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> as far as first dates go, let's be honest, it's got to be up there with the worst. <laughs> Question number four. In which David O. Russell romantic comedy drama does Jennifer Lawrence warn Bradley Cooper? Gavin. Oh, shit. I don't know, actually. Aloha. <laughs> is it Bruce Silver Linus Playbook? American Hustle. It is Silver Linus Playbook. I'm oh, going to give it to Gav. That it, <laughs> she warns him it can still be a date even if he's ordering Raisin Bran. <laughs> Question number five. In The Naked Gun, we are treated to a montage of Frank and Jane's first date together which includes them leaving the cinema laughing heartily <laughs> after watching Aloha. which film, Alex? <laughs> Platoon. It is Platoon, quite right. I absolutely love that. <laughs> I love that montage. Um, I could have written all the questions just about that montage, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and now questions. Do you remember the love, do you remember the love scene God, with all yeah, the imagery? Do I? do I? Oh, my God, I love that. <laughs> I watched those again. <laughs> I, I, I just love those films. Never put a foot wrong. Yeah. Uh, okay, questions on Hawaii. Number one, which 2011 comedy drama stars George Clooney as a lawyer and landowner trying to keep his family life together? Um, Gavin. The Descendants? It is The Descendants. Point to Gav. In a certain Disney film, I won't name uh, for now, you'll see why, What by what name is Experiment 626 better known? Um, Gav. Oh, Stitch. It is Stitch. <laughs> it is Stitch. You're wondering if you're going to call him Lilo, yes. <laughs> That is Stitch, correct. In Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Jason Siegel's Peter runs into his ex while vacationing in Hawaii. He is memorably writing a stage show rock opera featuring puppets based on which gothic novel? Dr- 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 oh, shit. Ozzy? Yeah. Hey, Dracula? It oh, is Dracula. Dracula. That is a point to Ozzy. That was a great musical, actually. I wish that had happened. Been, that would have been better than happened. the film. Yeah, it would have been. <laughs> it would have been. Uh, really we should have gone with been. that idea. Yeah. <laughs> Not the other one. <laughs> Question number four. In which of the following films is Hawaii not destroyed by natural disaster? 
Is it A, 2012, B, The Core, C, the 2014 Godzilla? B, The Core? Yeah, uh, you kind of said at the same time, I'll give you both a point. Uh, All points for everybody. It is The Core. Uh, Otherwise, (laughs) Godzilla trashes Hawaii, and in 2012, I think a volcano destroys Hawaii. Question number five in Snakes on a Plane. The ill-fated flight departs from Honolulu Airport, but which international airport is its destination? JFK? New York? Paris? No. Not JFK, uh, not New York, not Paris. It's at Rome? No. Is it an American one? It's an American one. Oh. Uh, you say? LA? LA is LAX. Correct. Point the Wazzy. Well done. And on the only other airport I could think of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like New York. Oh, well, um, all my airport knowledge in America is based around films, and I just had Die Hard 2 playing on well, this yeah, film. Yeah. Well, this was a film, Gav. Well, spent um, most of the time in the plane. That's all I'm going to say, whereas Die Hard 2 was spent mostly at the airport. Docking points, <laughs> Quizmaster. Docking I, points. I, have, I have no need to do so. Alex, you've won by one. Yes. <laughs> Okay, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's me done. I'm over. I'm done. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, this film. What can I say about it? <laughs> I don't know. My, my, I suppose the one question that I've got about. Well, I've got many questions about it, but the one that comes to mind is that who is this film actually for? And Dave, you were saying that the comedy is a bit of an odd blend from Sandler's older sort of gross-out slapstick humor. And it's a, it's a blend with that and, and a more mature sort of balanced humor. And it sounds like it doesn't achieve either of them, doesn't sit right. So it's not for his hardcore fans, but it's not different enough for people who don't like gross out humor. And this sounds like a lot of the humor in this, a lot of the funny air quotes moments are about punching down characters with mental illness, trans characters, characters with disabilities, plus Rob Schneider is in it blacking up essentially. It doesn't sound like it's very funny at all, if I'm going to be honest. And I don't even know if it... Well, I was going to say, I don't know if it would have been funny at the time. I can't really remember what I thought of it when I I first saw it at the cinema. So you look at the romance element then. You mentioned good chemistry between uh, Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler. But then you look at the overall romance and the morals behind it. And they are pretty questionable. I can't think of many positive things to say about this film. <laughs> You've just me and me and Ozzy have just spoken about it for yeah. at least half an hour each. Christ, were you yeah. not listening? And, and you focused on <laughs> one bit, which is you know, and we and we admitted is re- it, yeah. you know, look at focus at that. And Rob Schneider isn't like a psychiatric drama, mate. This is a this is a really light-hearted. Ozzy. Romance. Ozzy, right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you to show up for a sec because like, <laughs> no matter what you can say about this film, it's not going to change my mind. It sounds fucking awful. I'm going to put it on It was a valiant, valiant, very last-ditch attempt there, Ozzy. <laughs> but, uh... Uh, right. So genuine, genuine thoughts, Dave. I don't think you you were you were lying much in in your prosecution. Am I right? No, I I didn't lie at, uh, very much in that prosecution at all. Um, I agreed with a lot some of the points that Ozzy and Alex said. I, Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler do have this natural chemistry. They do, um, and playing off each other, th- there is a vibe there. You know, they are a, a watchable couple together on screen. I just feel these are two of the blandest characters mm-hmm. that they could have been given. You know, they, you know, they could have done so much more here. I don't think it's particularly well written. Um, you know, they clearly had fun making it, and they do work well together. You know, they're they're a decent uh, romantic couple to watch. But it's, uh, yeah, there are a, a major flaws in this. And the question is, you know, this, there are elements of this film that will write it off um, if you're looking at it purely from, from, this, from this day and age, from 2021. Um, other people might want to judge it at the time of which it came out, and that, that is fine. But there are, there are some real moments of regret in this film, and I, I did make those up. There are, there are some real moments where I bet they wish they could turn back the clock and uh, rewrite that script and take that bit out, maybe do a director's cut where those bits are removed. Um, no malice was intended. It is just very regrettable. Um, society's moved on, all for the better. Uh, Alex, was there malice intended? What, what are your thoughts with this film? I, I, I mean, it's a, it's an Adam Sandler vehicle, and I think Adam Sandler's a twat. 
So, you know, <laughs> so, you know, it, I didn't like the film at all. I, I do think there's a bit of malice and I think that comes through in the film. And, I, and I, I think he's a coward about it as well. I think he makes these jokes that sort of he can like a little bit hide behind it. So, I mean, the, the most egregious one is, you know, Lucy's friend who says for no reason at all, just says he had a sex change operation. And like Adam Sandler just makes like a whoa, whoa, weird face, but he doesn't quite make a joke about it. He just makes a weird face about it. I, That's I, what I said. There was no punchline. No, no, I know. Yeah. Character but, was, but you know yeah. what I mean? I, but I still think for me, and I think I'm, I'm reading into it. So yeah, see if you could, you know, you, you, I, but I, I did feel that malice when I was watching it. I, I felt it was understated and I think he did enough to keep it like hidden. So you couldn't really call him out on it, but I, I think it's there. Dave was spot on when he just says it's a lot of the comedy is just laughing at people, which I, I, I just think is is cheap and disgusting, really. Um, the, the film's very and, you know, the 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 rest of it is problematic. It, you know, you, you could have you could make a case for it being not serious enough, but then it does go and look at mental health and it goes into mental health clinics. So it's like, well, it is taking the you know the, the the memory loss quite seriously so it's quite hard to it, it sort of it sort of shouldn't be taking it that seriously and then it goes down that road but it doesn't you know go far enough to do it properly and uh and i just think considering basically stalking it all the way through the film like far more than you would say possibly in other films we've done recently i just think I the out <laughs> i don't i think the choice of outro song was incredible to be honest <laughs> Because it's a cover of Sting's "I'll Be Watching You," <laughs> and I, I, I just think, wow, is is that that's that's a level of either complete idiocy or or they knew what they were doing there. So um, no, I, I I I don't like Adam Sandler, and I don't like any of his films. So yeah. Okay, thank you very much, Alex. Very <laughs> candid. Uh, Ozzy, you you could you sort of I like Adam Sandler. I think you liked Hubie Halloween, didn't you? What, yeah, I thought Hubie Halloween was was great. If because you know exactly what you're getting involved with. Um, I started to believe my own bullshit for a little bit there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I almost thought I liked the films for a minute. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I, was, I was convincing myself. I, was, uh, I, I mean, I, I went around yesterday to drop that thing off for you, and I was saying, I think it's going to be a real tough one to defend, to be absolutely honest. And, um, and yeah, I, I just really got too involved with my argument and started finding <laughs> Really good bits where there probably like weren't any. Stalker yeah. Syndrome <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Started to identify uh, with Adam Sandler. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think the real problem is, is the setting. Um, that like a lot's happened in 16 years in terms of uh, what we are willing to accept and, and not willing to accept as, as being right. You know, there's just a lot of there's a lot of jokes which you're like, that is not funny, and that shouldn't be, that shouldn't be. And then because of that, it detracts from the next scene, which would be fine on its own. Yeah, you could make that film maybe half an hour shorter, um, so, so and it would be like a nice, a, a bad yeah. taste in your mouth. So when something good comes along in the next scene, yeah. you're still thinking about how awful the definitely. Scene yeah, was. you're like, yeah. Yeah. See, I've done that, and then you just detract from the nice yeah. story. You know, that if you think in like not to say anything, like I'm sure that um, Roger Ebert are, are, <laughs> are hallowed, the hallowed man as he Landed. was. Oh, God yeah. rest him. Um, <laughs> Three out of four. Three out of four. Yeah, really. I've said it before. Nine times out of ten, I'll agree with Roger Ebert, but he was only a man. He did make mistakes. I have to say, recently, that number's been coming down for me, Dave. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) 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 Like, two times out of ten, he might, you know, have a point. But, yeah, I think the real key is that the film was entertaining back then and could be entertaining if it was now stripped of all of, of that shite you know and it, so it would have been a, a half an hour shorter it was hey, just I, like a 48 minute long. <laughs> i don't think 16 years is long enough i think at the time these jokes were you know i i, I just don't think six, 2004 if you're talking about 1984 1994 a push but 2004 it just feels too recent for the, you know for laughing at speech impediments mental health and i know these are all big topics now and and they're like you know words that would jump i thought the joke with him was his using steroids steroids yeah but he he talks with a lisp the entire time as well yeah i mean yeah but he's growing up as a everyone's growing up as people except for adam sandler (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) hoobie halloween has the same jokes in it yeah Uh, okay, right. So I won't say higher or lower than our previous film on trial because that was probably one of the greatest uh, rom-coms ever made. Not my words, but 
I everyone will, else's. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I will compare it to the previous one. So is it higher or lower than the proposal? Oh, Christ, lower, please. What was the proposal? The proposal was 44 critical and 67 audience score. I think probably, well, I think maybe higher critical and lower audience. I'm thinking it's going to be close on both, you know. Well, okay. I, I, I will, won't keep you in suspense any longer. It is pretty much bob on. So it's 45 and 65. So there's only three points in it. Audience score is 65. Critical score is 45. Yeah. So more. Yeah, I thought it would have been a bit more divisive than that, to be honest with you, because. Yeah. yeah. Maybe their reviews, I don't know, but 2004, we keep coming back to this. Is there such a big difference? And I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That's weird. Didn't expect it's that. That's a lot higher. Maybe just that Adam Sandler was a relatively yeah, not well peak. thought of, but, you know, he was at least famous, wasn't he? So. I've got to say, though, I mean, I thought the proposal, but I, bearing in mind I haven't watched 50 First Dates back, but I think the proposal sounds like it was a hell of a lot better. Oh, it's like twice as good. Yeah, yeah, it is. A proposal's far superior. And, and like, and just thinking about it, you just feel much happier just even thinking about the proposal. Do you know what I mean? It's just such a nicer, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, more nicer, lighthearted, just easier watch than like going, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, no, no, no. The problem with this is like crude. Uh, yeah, yeah, just Where like, oh, God, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Oh, they did it. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay, well, thank you very much, guys. Good defences and good prosecutions. Uh, good arguments, I should just say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, If you just went, good defence, well done, and then carried yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good attempt, good attempt. As well. Good attempt at a defence and a good prosecution there. Um, so, yeah, just want to say thank you very much to everybody who has listened to this episode. If you like the episode, why not give us a lovely five-star rating on Apple Podcasts? If you want more content, go on filmsontrial.co.uk. Follow us on Twitter at Film Trials or Facebook, YouTube, and or Instagram, Films on Trial. So we have come to an end of Rom-Com Month. The rose has wilted and we are moving on to not another month but just something else we've pulled the film out of the hat at random and it is the i don't remember what year this came out 1985 maybe animated classic akira so all of the roles have been picked out of the hat at random so in the role of defense is going to be ozzy and joel in the role of prosecution is going to be me and alex and in the role of judge is going to be dave so look forward to that one, guys. So that is it. 51st date sounds like it rightly is in the shit list. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to be in your ears next week with Akira. Goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did get a feeling as it got towards the end. I was like, I'm being filibustered here. <laughs> this is so Mr. Smith goes to Washington shit going on right now. <laughs>